3: Seriously, it's better than Letterman. Is that a Ben, Rob, and Robbo exclusive?
2: <laughs> yeah. I think you guys are amazing. I didn't have that. I want question. to come
1: on this show all the time because no <laughs> other show would ever set me up with that much <laughs> room for danger. Ben, ben
2: Rob, and Robbo. Streaming across the globe, Ben Norris, Rob McKnight and David Robinson. Ben, Rob, Robbo. He.
4: Ben Rob and Robo Ben, Rob and
2: Robbo. ben Rob and Robbo show. Welcome to the Ben Robin Robo Show. Here's Rob
0: McKnight.
3: <laughs> Hello and welcome to a big Monday edition of the Ben Robin Robo Show. And you know what? I need two lovely boys. I wonder where I could find some. Hang on, with the magic of television, in come the boys, Ben and Robot. Robo, do not look at me like that. You look disgusted. <laughs>
2: Sorry. What? Sorry about that. As
3: I was saying, I always like to ad-lib my intros, and I heard myself saying I want two lovely boys. Yes, it didn't sound wrong at all, Mm. did it, Ben?
1: Mm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it sounded on brand for you, my friend, which is uh, slightly confusing, mildly entertaining, and a little bit weird. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, I'm glad I can always uh, live up to my reputation. Hey, there's a lot coming up on today's show. We have, we are looking at a lot of TV with Mulk. Um, there's lots happening in the world of TV. The new host of Studio 10, who we believe who will be the new host of Studio 10, Lisa Wilkinson, is dropping a... Bombshell revelations about Carl Stefanovic, and we're also going to meet a journalist who wants to talk about the future of policing in this country. It's uh, going to be a really interesting discussion. But uh, Robo, how was your weekend? Have you been in a good, good
2: place? Yep. Over on. Uh, No, yes, no, I have, Rob. Sorry, I do apologise. You know, I was lucky enough to see you and your wonderful wife, Amanda. Uh, I got screamed at by your kids, uh, and then I left uh, late that night. So it was a thoroughly an enjoyable Saturday night. No, you know I love your kids. I'm just kidding. I love the kids. Sometimes
3: you're glad you ask a question, sometimes you're not glad.
2: (laughs) This is one of those times. Let's move on.
3: And before we get into our hot topics, let's bring you up to speed on the latest coronavirus news from around the country. And there have been 282 new cases reported in Victoria, a slight improvement, but with 25 deaths. It has been the highest daily death toll so far. New South Wales has reported seven new cases, six of which are from community transmission. The state has banned school formals, graduation ceremonies and both singing and wind instruments in choirs. In good news though, both Queensland and the Northern Territory have once again reported zero new cases in the past 24 hours. The northern part of Australia continues to stamp out the virus, with Queensland having only eight active cases and the Northern Territory having none. Staying with the COVID crisis now, and this is really a heartbreaking story. The parents of a newborn have been banned from seeing their little boy due to border restrictions. Harvey John Northfield was born on Friday morning in Lismore in northern New South Wales, but had to be flown to Queensland for emergency treatment. Now, Harvey's mum has been told she will have to enter a 14-day period of quarantine if she wants to visit her child.
1: My birthday tomorrow, which makes it so much harder
3: because all I want is both my boys with me, happy and healthy, but one's gonna be in Brisbane where we can't see him. Suffering complications, Harvey was flown to the Royal in Brisbane on Friday night. I obviously wanted to go with him, but unfortunately with the coronavirus pandemic, We were not able. Chantel told there was no room in the helicopter, but they could come by car, so they got the paperwork, permission from New South Wales Health and border passes from Queensland Police.
4: There was a lot of different phone calls and we spoke to a lot of different people.
3: Then they took a call from the Royal Brisbane Hospital. It changed everything.
4: They decided that we were too high a risk coming from Lismore.
1: Higher Up had said no unless we quarantine for 14 days.
3: Now at home with her one-year-old son Lloyd, Chantel's relying on video calls to see her newborn.
1: Face just on the say because I can't even lay a finger on him and just say that I love him. He's just hooked up to tears, he's sleeping and he doesn't get to hear my heartbeat.
4: Feel- mm,
3: even the Deputy Premier of Queensland has become involved.
0: couple will continue negotiations. If there's any way at all we can make the situation any less distressing, then I've asked the hospital to do just that. The health service is yet
3: to respond.
4: It's just not right. And it shouldn't happen ever again to anyone.
3: Indeed. Well, the good news is Harvey's health is continually improving and it's hoped that he'll be home by Wednesday. Look, Robert, this is very tough. There's no doubt about that. But we are in a pandemic. We do have quarantine procedures.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right, Robert. It's it's a very sad story that, you know, they've been separated. But at the same time... And I'm not a new parent, and I know that there'd be a lot of emotions there, of course. There's a lot of emotions just watching that story. But uh, you have to wait, uh, you know, less than a week uh, and your baby will be there. But if you do go there and somehow bring COVID inside a hospital, and also remember, this little fella's in a specialist unit, uh, it could be devastating for the other babies. So it's, it's less than a week for the parents. But it's, you can't walk into a hospital right now. It just, and especially a specialist baby unit. It's just, I'm sorry, but you can't do it. Look, Ben.
3: As a father, I will say it would be heartbreaking not to be able to see your newborn child. Like, terrible. The good news here is though, the the bub is on the mend. But the father in that report last night on Seven News was saying this should never happen again. Well, what's the alternative? You know, I, I know that they were looking to let them in, but obviously they re- re- realised that there are restrictions to this. They can't just let anyone in across the border.
1: Yeah, I think that everyone's doing it really tough right now, but don't you think that at the moment in the media we love to find those bleeding heart stories or people so they can pick up the victim complex telephone call and be like, oh, God, this is happening to me? This is definitely really hard to watch because, you know, for these this particular family, they're going through something. Mm. But so is the rest of Australia. I don't necessarily think that they need to bend these rules, uh, you know, f- for just these guys. I mean, there's, there's bigger things at play. There's bigger things going on. And, you know, when it comes down to minimising risk policy, it seems like that's all that's happened. So... I just would say, you know, it's, it's on brand for people to be sitting at home and watching these stories on television so that they can maybe relate to them. But I don't necessarily agree with it.
3: Yeah. Look, and look, we do care about the parents. We're not heartless. And I am a father of three girls. I know what it's like to be there for the birth and, and, and how much time you spend in hospital. It's tough. No one's taking that away. But we are trying to keep a pandemic under all. control. All right. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, not at all. And well, six years after her release from a Balinese prison, infamous convicted drug smuggler Chappelle Corby has signed on for her first reality TV show, S.A.S. Australia on Channel 7. Contestants who also include Roxy Jasenko and the honey badger Nick Cummings will endure grueling physical and psychological tests based on those faced by applicants for the special air service. Take a look. They've entered our world now. They will
1: obey us. Australia knows me as the drug smuggler. I want to change my life. Will it make them or will it break them? This is SAS Australia.
3: Well, Corby has said, I want to stop being institutionalised. I want to open my freedom to a happier life. But the Proceeds of Crime Act of 2002 provides for the tracing, restraining and confiscation of proceeds of crime. Now, this is the question that is being asked on social media. She has served her time, but should we be celebrating criminals? Robo, um, I have a view. Would she is she not allowed to make money?
2: Uh, yeah, she can, but she's only making money off the fact that she's Chappelle Corbyn. She was a drug smuggler. I mean, just looking at that promo, I think the real victims are the viewers. I, I think that looks like absolute bloody hogwash. Uh, anyway, but that's, that's not what you asked me. Um, no, I don't think that she should be able to make money off it. I, the- Chappelle Corbyn's not a celebrity. She is someone who smuggled drugs, was convicted, and now she's making a name off that. She hasn't done anything before or after that. Uh But how can she, Robo?
3: You know, like, she's come back from serving her time. She did her time in jail. She was a younger woman then, whatever happened. And there's still a lot of people that don't believe she actually did it. But the fact is, the media used and abused her fame. You know, they drove ratings by having news reports covering every element of this trial, trying to get footage of her inside this prison.
2: Because that's news. Because that's news. Yeah, sure. But my point
3: is, though, it's very difficult for this lady to go down and become a hairdresser or something like this. You know, Ben, you've been a reality TV contestant. Doesn't she deserve the opportunity to actually make some money? Why do we continually want to stop people from being able to earn
2: a living? It's not about people, it's about I think criminals. If
1: you, well, I think that There's if you want to make there. some money, I, I don't think that... I think you've had your turn, Robbo. Like, seriously. Um, when it comes down to coming. it, I think if you want to make some money, being a reality television you know star is not exactly the way forward. I mean, for me, it was OK because I won $250,000, but, I mean, that's only one person out of 16. Now, when it comes to Chappelle Corby, she did do her time, but I don't necessarily think... Australia is ready to see her on a reality TV show like this you know I think everyone is entitled to validation and redemption and I guess you know we don't necessarily at the end of the day even know whether or not she was guilty to be honest but Mm. in the modern day media where anybody is a celebrity you look at Kim Kardashian in the same boat like you know I don't necessarily know what makes someone valid to be entitled to that role so The media turned her into something. She's probably one of the most recognisable names in Australia. So why wouldn't a television network want to jump on that?
2: The media didn't turn her into something. She was news, you two. I can't believe you two were like going, it's just someone, it's just someone in the public and she's trying to make it was news. No one has said it wasn't
3: news. It was news. My point it's, was no, ben the media got their pound of flesh out of this lady, and now that she's actually she didn't rush straight into doing something, she's come back to this country. The woman obviously would need money at some point to live, so why shouldn't she be able to do a TV show and make so, use of the media that have made use for her? And yeah. Channel 7 are doing this because it'll get publicity. It gets people like us talking about it.
2: So, quick question, though. This is a real uh, test as uh, well. What, what, what level of crime are you allowed to use your name? So, if someone who committed, uh, you know, two murders uh, and there's then release... Chopper they're okay, Reed obviously, did. right?
3: Chopper Reed used the fact that he was a killer.
2: He based a whole but is that the right? On but is that the right thing to do? Well, I'm just asking you because you're saying it is.
3: Well, I'm saying... Uh, no, there's a difference here in what I'm saying.
2: Hold on. I'm, so if, there, if whatever criminal you are, as long as you've done your time, even if you've killed people, dickity-boo, go into a game show.
3: Well, that's not where I'm coming from, but maybe if you want to get down to it because we have a system of... Crime and punishment. At what point do we allow people to get on with their lives? If we keep vi- if we keep hounding people, and Robert, you're the bleeding heart here. I'm surprised you're not more in favour of this. But I'm going to focus on Chappelle. The woman who'll care when she's homeless was <laughs> the woman was um, the woman was in jail in in another country that doesn't have our standards. She's done it tough. Whatever she did, as far as smuggling drugs is concerned, you've got to argue she really did do her time. She didn't come back. She didn't go on Dancing with the Stars. I actually think as far as a show is concerned, she's made a good choice. It's not celebrating her being some la darn made-up princess. She's going on a show because... I just don't understand. I'm sorry, I'm losing track because I don't understand the issue with her making Whether or not this
1: is a good idea is not going to be proved by the masses until the show goes to air. This is a real telling point, I think, for Australians. If Australians truly have a problem with this, then don't watch this show. If you are interested in Chappelle's Corby, which I think a lot of people still are, then maybe it's time to tune in. But I mean, it's very difficult for all three of us to play judge and jury on whether or not this woman should be allowed to be on this reality TV show. Channel 7 have chosen to do this. She was always going to end up on one of the Shows and now it's up to Australia to decide. I mean, I don't want to sound like a game show, I mean, a reality uh, TV show host while I say that, but Australia, it's up to you whether or not you want to validate people like Chappelle Corby. Robert, do you have no interest in seeing her?
2: No, but that, I, I don't watch. think that that was the point of this chat, though. I thought the point was, you know, should she be given. Uh, a name? Should we should we be celebrating convicted criminals? Uh, I'm I've kind of gone on that sense. I haven't gone on a programming whether it's good for television or good for rating sense. I've just answered the question, and I I don't think I think it's too it's too scary to start saying that which pol- which criminals can uh, go on television. That, that was this... the original response. That I was understand. the original question, though. We're, we're... That,
3: that's fine, but we have a conversation and things move on. But it's interesting. Um, you said we shouldn't be celebrating criminals. That's what we do. Look at the true crime genre where we analyse that's and not look at criminals. Them.
2: That's not That's not celebration.
3: Ted Bundy is celebr- cele- well, there's still people a fascination are fascinated by this
2: stuff. I just don't
1: understand. Um, it's a very
2: celebration Ryan. and fascination and analysis are all very different things, and celebration is being very celebrated different.
1: on one platform. I yeah, but look, but at the end of the day, words. you've got to
2: hang on a second, boys. Just I, really a dictionary.
1: If you look, okay, can I just say, at the end of the day. Television and media is about making money. And if you look at the reflection of the Daily Telegraph and what they've done recently, which is changing a lot of their narrative to writing stories about salacious celebrities, to then now writing salacious stories about the everyday Australian and crime, you can see crime does pay. People are interested. People are engaging. And up until the point where the general public chooses that they don't want to subscribe to that, we are going to continue to see more of it until we're drunk Uh, and intoxicated and we probably you know look to recover from that do you know do you know what i'm saying
2: I didn't know that was a question to me, and so no, I don't. I was hoping that you would answer that. Um, um, but uh, no,
3: look, the, the, he's saying No, he's saying if there's an appetite for That's, it, that will drive it. But, but once again, what's your question? Uh, what's you, your
2: question? The question, the question, the question is, was
3: okay, well, there's no doubt Channel Seven have, have have vetted this and made sure it's not illegal. So what's the issue?
2: Well, remember, Channel 7 had some problems when they uh, tried to interview her the first time and they were raided by the AFP because... And that was proven that that the AFP actually had
3: to drop those charges because they found nothing.
2: But they still investigate. She's still a criminal. What's your question at the end of this? Because the question of the whole topic was, should we be celebrating criminals? I answered that question, and now you're both trying to make me answer different questions, whether it's about ratings or our you know, salacious appetite of crime. That's not about that. She's not going on there in a celebration of her crime, is she? She's not even going to talk about it. She's there to do a reality show you know, about being in the SAS. So this has nothing to do with true crime because she's not going to talk about her crime. Uh, so what are we actually talking about here? Because basically, it's turned into whether we should program uh, criminals and, and TV ratings Robo, and money if, and reality shows. Sec, that's not what, we're, that's not minute, what Robert, we were talking about.
1: But this show is not about just sitting here and reading out a bag of fantails. You read out the fantail and then you have a discussion about it. And of course, we were going to be led to this point where we discussed Chappelle Corby from a 360 degree point of view. And when it comes down to it, yes, on paper, do we celebrate Criminals. No, we shouldn't. But do we? We kind of do. So let's talk about it now. Channel 7 have just hired Chappelle Corby. They're paying her and she's going to be on a show that could very easily be a high rated TV show. Do you have a problem with Chappelle Corby?
2: I just, I just don't know where, I'll go back again, I don't know where you draw the line as to what criminals you celebrate and put on reality shows if it's just free, free, uh, free reign. So like if a pedophile does his time, if a pedophile does his time, but he's, you know, he's great, but he can talk really about well. being a are we can to him on that? No, it's about crime. We're talking, talking about crime here. No, but know, We're talking but about to look crime. At Surely there are
1: varying degrees. Exactly. Don't just come at us and start referring Chappelle Corby to being a pedophile. She's not a pedophile. You I, need to look I, at things individually I and separately and then look at the circumstances. I did
2: not say oh, that Chappelle Corby was a pedophile. All right,
1: move on. You just it's tried done. to liken her to that. Robbo,
3: um, if we get a chance during the show, just do me a favour. Go and take those cranky pants off. Uh, that'd be great.
2: <laughs> Isn't it weird though? if I agreed with him, I wouldn't have cranky pants. I'd have the right <laughs> pants on. Move That's, on, next subject.
3: Now you know how it works, Robbo. Welcome to the <laughs> Ben Robo Robbo Show. It's only taken 69 episodes to work that one out. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, it's been 40 years since Azaria Chamberlain disappeared and the phrase, A dingo's got my baby, was born into oh Australian God. news and then worldwide pop culture. It has been referenced in many movies and shows, including this one. You're all the
1: way in Australia. Hey, I think I hear a dingo eating your baby. I have lost my fiancé, the poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby.
3: <coughs> oh, my God, Phil.
4: Oh, Oh.
1: Phil, a wild dog took my laptop. Seems like a missed opportunity.
4: Let's go to the phones. <laughs> go ahead, caller. you're on with Dingo
2: and the baby. Sure, it's a little offensive to Australia's favourite baby-eating
1: animal.
3: <laughs> Sorry, that really <laughs> appealed to me. But Lindy Chamberlain, who was wrongfully imprisoned for her daughter's murder and then released, spoke to The Project last night about the taunt she still receives from members of the public. Do you think some Australians still doubt your innocence? Obviously they do, they tell me so at times. People and that you fact, know well or strangers uh, stopping you in it's the only street? only about three weeks ago since I got my last dingo howls. <laughs> I, I, can, I, can I just say, Lindy, when you hear something like that, how do you react? I oh, pretty much ignore it. What's the point? They've got the problem, not me. Yeah, look, it's tough. Uh, Ben, I remember when I was a kid and all this was happening in the early 80s, uh, I remember my dad would be screaming at the TV saying, She bloody did it! We all know she did it! There was a genuine feeling in this country that this woman had had, had killed her baby, and for her to go through that, it's quite
1: shocking, isn't it? yeah look 100 percent. but i mean this is one of the things like when it comes down to the ultimate water cooler moment the uh you know lindy chamberlain was the peak of that it gave people a choice to be able to sit there and believe what they wanted to believe and you know 40 years later people still have an opinion about this and the reason why was because the media cut it up and distributed it like it was entertainment and then you can't believe that you know when you hear the stories that were manufactured by police and the narratives that people chose to pick to get that story across you can't believe what people will still believe knowing the truth Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day that's that's exactly who we are here in australia is we love to have our opinion about something we love to be flipping the sausages at the barbecue and telling every you know telling our mates and having a few brewskis what we think you know so unfortunately for lindy chamberlain she she was right at the forefront of that
3: yeah. Robbo, um, there, there, there was a feeling that most of Australia believed she was guilty. Have you felt a turnaround in your circles and your family that they now do accept that she was innocent?
2: Well, remember, the, these are the problems that came up. Um, that she was a Seventh-day Adventist. So, you know, already she's not like the rest of Australia in the 80s. Uh, secondly, she appeared to really have not much... Um, emotion both at the court and things like that so then people uh, started to judge her on that she didn't cry she she wasn't emotional so she must be this hard bitch that that obviously killed her baby but then it was uh, stories about it being a sacrifice so I agree with Ben media had a, a lot to do with this when you're thinking about all of those things people started saying that Zaria was um the, the name for that was something like black death or sacrifice or something like that something awful like that none of which is true um I just don't think she did it, and I never did think that she did it. Um, I, it's been a while since I've talked to my. Oh, well, she circle, didn't do it. as you put it, and uh, <laughs> and um, I talked about Azaria Chamberlain, Rob. I thought that was a that was an interesting. It's been a while, but uh, I do like to talk about it. Um, we, we we had her on the show, remember, on Studio Ten yeah. uh, many years ago. She was a really nice lady. You know, yeah. she just puts up with it. She gets on with it. Been um, through a lot, but. Been through a lot, and I, I really quite admire her. And to think, 40 years on, remember at the end of the day, she lost her baby. Mm. So for people to howl at her, they—I hate humans. I think humanity is the worst species to ever walk the earth. They're awful. They're shit. And to do that to a mother who's still like that little girl would be 40 now. Like piss off. Sorry, I'm really pretty cranked today now, and I. Uh, sorry. Um. <clears throat> I don't like people. Who I was going to ask you what the other side of the it... do the other side of the you bed
1: what look it's like? <laughs> on the other side of the bed look like? Yeah. No, I've No, it.
2: no I'm I'll sure. tell you what. I'll tell you what it looks like. I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks empty. That's what it looks
3: like. <laughs> 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 and he saved it. There you go. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm hot. Robo's on fire. Okay. Have you ever copped a speeding fine that you didn't agree with? Well, more than 200,000 incidents in Victoria are under review after reports of major problems with new mobile speed cameras. Issues including software faults, GPS failures and obscured number plates and most concerning of all is an effect called the doubler, the doubler Doppler (laughs) that records some vehicles travelling faster than they actually are. One truck, in fact, was clocked at more than 110 kilometres per hour when half a second beforehand, that same truck had been recorded at 65 kilometers per hour. Operators are also claiming they haven't had adequate training, but Victorian police have said they are confident all speeding fines were legitimately issued. Shock horror. Ben, have you ever challenged
1: a speeding fine? Ah, uh, yeah, I have actually. Um, did you win? I th- this is a, I did. I actually won. And I still. Uh, kind of, you know, look, at the end of the day, I think, you know, I'm really angry about parking and speeding fines, but look, I'll, I'll share this with you. Uh, in 2006, uh, I was diagnosed with depression. And for four years after that, I racked up an unbelievable amount of speeding fines and parking fines, mainly parking fines. I just was not plugged into the mainframe, so to speak. Hmm. And I just was going around and just, nest- and I just, I really just was in a different space and it was funny. I met my partner in two thousand and ten, who was like, "I've never seen so much mail arrive in one person's house, except for Harry Potter." And I had like all this mail falling from the roof, and uh, and I eventually, you know, confided in him that I had thirty thousand dollars in in um, in fines. And so my partner, who's very organized, was like, "We need to get you onto a plan." Anyway, I went to go and um, have this looked at at the courts, and you know, the funny thing was you know this couple of years later I'd never had a parking fine after I wasn't suffering from depression Mm. so they narrowed it down to me being depressed during this four-year period and because I had no other fines or parking fines afterwards they just seemed to say that that was when it was in that particular time zone of four years and um with the special circumstances some things weren't waived but I didn't have to pay any of the $30,000. That's amazing that's an amazing story I uh
3: I challenged a parking fi- a speeding fine. I've never had a parking fine, but uh, I was a bit of a lead foot in my younger years, I will admit. Um, and I had a, uh, <laughs> I actually found a loophole in the law where um, instead... The, it, it, well, they changed the loophole, so it doesn't exist anymore. But um, I got down on my points and overpaid the fine. And there was a thing in the police... Uh, uh, in their, the way they worked is that they couldn't process the points if they still owed you change. Like if you had sent in a cheque for too much money and they owed you $10, they couldn't ah, process the points. I've heard about this. So mm, so I got to hold on to my... That, that cheque came back. I burnt part of it. I ate some of it. I tore it up. That cheque was never getting deposited into my <laughs> bank account, let me tell you. Um, but I also did um, challenge a speeding fine I got. I was doing 72 in a 50 zone. And uh, I was going round a corner and didn't know it was a 50 zone, got clocked, and my whole thing in court was, well, I know I was speeding even if it was a 60 zone because I thought it was a 60 zone, but I was only doing 12Ks over, so, you know.
1: OK, we'll move on. Uh... <clears throat> anyway, no, 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 I was just going to ask you, it, <laughs> do you still get speeding? Do you still get speeding? For oh, when, you're not uh, angry at when that, and... Rob. Stop <laughs> it. No, no, oh, no
2: I ask you a serious question.
3: Well, it's the moment that as a nation oh. we will never forget as 13-year-old oh. Nikki Webster made her debut at the opening ceremony of the 2000 Sydney Olympics. But it turns out her parents were just as surprised as the rest of us. Though they knew she was auditioning and rehearsing, they didn't know she would be playing such a pivotal role in the ceremony and that her life was about to change. Webster said, I didn't give them a lot of detail because I wanted them to be proud and I wanted them to witness it just like being an audience member. Ben, you would have had to keep the fact you were going into Big Brother a secret, but I can't imagine you keeping any secret.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, and I didn't.
2: <laughs> I didn't keep it a secret. I told everyone.
1: Yeah, I asked my neighbor We were, were, were not like, supposed to, Ben.
2: I, like, was it a rule thing? where you like, if you've been accepted, you can't tell anyone? Was that what they did tell you?
1: Yeah, out of interest, they told me not to tell anyone. Oh right, okay. so I told everyone. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> do you know what it was? Fair enough. enough really interesting about it was i was the first housemate in 2012 into lockdown and the first thing that the executive producer alex Mavridak, has said to me was congratulations on not letting it out that you were on the show how did you manage to keep your mouth shut because obviously they did psychological assessments yeah. and worked out that i had the biggest mouth in australia <laughs> and so he was like i don't know i don't know how it didn't get out and i just looked at him and i was like i don't know how it didn't get out either <laughs> You've got a good group of friends that know how
3: to keep their mouths quiet. Hey, look, uh,
1: we'll move on. The postman came past and tried to give me my mail, and I was like, See you on Big Brother. He's like, What? I'm like, Big Brother. I'll be on the show. I believe that. And he was like, He was like this. I don't watch that crap. Bye. Tune into Channel (laughs) 9.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
3: Well, look, uh, moving on, and with the Black Lives Matter protests erupting around the world and with everyone having a mobile phone ready to press record, it seems the magnifying glass is being focused on police now more than ever. There have been calls to reform, defund or even abolish the force, but is Australia ready for that conversation? Journalist Osman Farraki has written an opinion piece called policing is part of the national psyche for the Saturday for the Saturday newspaper and he joins us now welcome Osman to the Ben Robin Robo show
4: thanks for having me on really looking forward to the chat
3: <laughs> me too look Osman i found your piece really insightful and I know, and i agree with your take that crime and punishment has absolutely been used by politicians over the years to win elections but what does the f- what does the future of policing look like to you
4: It's a really, really great question, and obviously there's been this huge discussion around the world about exactly that, like what is a model that lets the community feel safe uh, but doesn't, you know, end up with the current situation, what we've seen in so much of the world, including here in Australia, where we've just invested more in policing and blown out the prison population without seeing, you know, a reduction in actual uh, crime rates associated with that. I think that the the lessons from around the world is, is a move away from what people call punitive or, or carceral policing, which is all about, you know, hitting quotas, getting people arrested, getting them through the court system and getting them into prison, and and a, and a more resources being put into, you know, the root causes of, of what leads to crime and looking at what are some of the other social services that we could be investing in that aren't just the police that end up having the same impact, which is to reduce the level of crime and make the community feel
3: safe yes and and that's the big question here isn't it uh if we don't know where we're going um is our police uh, are our police force an issue you know there's obviously a big disconnect with what's happening in america we don't have the same Mm. issues here obviously the incarceration of indigenous youths is an issue but Mm. where are we heading what do we need to do and do we need to turn our back on the police force that we've currently got
4: Yeah, I think, you know, the comparison to America is interesting. You know, I I don't think you could say, you know, when you're looking at the rates of you know police uh, killings in in the states that you could say that Australia has anything comparable to that and that's not the point that I'm, I'm making at all but in terms of the way that we rely on police to just run our society in some instances were worse you know you mentioned the incarceration rate of Aboriginal people there's a story in the Herald today that says that Aboriginal people are twice as likely to go to prison for the same crimes as non Aboriginal people and in some areas of the country particularly in regional towns with with high indigenous populations, there's more police there per capita than some of the highest police places in America, places like New York, Chicago, and LA. So it's not, you you know, while we don't have the same level of, you know, police violence and police killings as the states as far as you know the general presence of police and the way that is being used to target particular communities in some instances we're worse off and i think that's something that we need to take a step back and look at because the history for the last few years has been just more police And victoria new south wales Mm. queensland governments have committed to just putting more money into the police force they're the only you know public sector institutions that are exempt from you know wage caps and efficiency dividends uh, and it's just not clear that that strategy is working.
1: Well, I'd say that some of those statistics are pretty harrowing. But look, Australia has always had a lot of our frontline workers who risk their lives, whether that's mm. the police, fireies, or doctors. Do you think or do you worry that these kind of conversations may encourage disrespect towards them?
4: Yeah, look, that's just a really fair question. And and there, there is a risk in, in terms of how a conversation like this ends up playing out on, on the on the front lines. And I think the point that I would make is that the, the conversation and the focus shouldn't be on individual frontline workers, including police. It should be on the broader decisions being made around how we deal with these issues. It's obviously not an individual police officer's fault if they've been hired to do a particular job, or they're enforcing a particular law, or they've got it quoted to me. That's not on that individual and i'm not calling on anyone to disrespect you know frontline workers doing their jobs the question is much more about government decision making and whether they've set the right framework and i think if you speak to some police officers and i've spoken to police officers uh you know over the years in my reporting and then even in the last couple of months looking at the way that police have been used to you know, deal with public health issues and a lot of police officers aren't happy with with being used that way they don't feel like they've got the training or the protective equipment or the support from the community to do frontline healthcare work. So this isn't about pitting police officers against the community. It's about creating a model that works for everyone.
3: Ah, Now, this is the point, and this is the question, isn't it? What the model is, because we've all grown up with the police force and we Mm. learn to respect the police. And and I do think, and I'll come back to it again, Australia is a very different situation to the US. The US, I do believe policing has been out of control. In Australia, we have some Mm. bad incidents, but I do believe on the whole, our police force is good. Is that a naive feeling?
4: Uh, look, it, it de- depends on what you're trying to, to solve with this, right? And I think the issue around the model is, like, let's think about I think the way that people, most people's experience of how police operate and, and, you know, what their understanding of the way police work is is through, you know, the most severe kinds of crimes, right? Like most people would would be watching, you know, true crime is a genre that's so popular in Australia and that's focused on the way police are used to stop really horrendous crimes like murders, sexual assaults, serial murders, that sort of stuff, but most policing doesn't work in that space it works on much lower levels of crime and what we've seen over the last few decades has been in an expansion of policing into into areas that are even more i guess what you'd call low level areas of crime and and that's not normal it's not actually the the model from a lot of the world you know we're seeing uh, calls around the anglosphere in particular that is based on a more kind of european uh, model of policing where people who've got you know, mental health call-outs, for example, or low-level drug offences, that police aren't being used to deal with those offences. It's healthcare workers, it's social services. In Australia, we still rely on policing for that sort of stuff. And there's real question marks as to whether or not throwing someone in prison for a low-level drug crime or even, you know, having police deal with people are having a mental health episode is the right way to deal with that. So, you know, there's two separate issues. There's one is how do we keep the community safe from, you know, violent crimes? And obviously, Healthcare workers and and social services aren't the way to deal with that. That's probably a space where police should be spending their resources and and, and where the priority belongs. But for a whole raft of other incidents that are much more about just day-to-day social functioning, are police the right way to deal with that? I'm not sure that they are.
2: No, and I've got to agree with you there, Oswald. I think you've raised some very important points about what police should and shouldn't be uh, attending. Let's talk now about something that you talk about in uh, in your articles, uh, penal populism. What is that? And can you tell us more information?
4: Yeah, it's a really fascinating concept and it was defined in the in the 1990s by criminologists who were looking at this phenomenon that only really started to appear in the 80s in in america and then in the 90s in countries like new zealand and australia And it was essentially politicians who were trying to get re-elected using police and law and order as a tactic for that basically so even though the crime rates were stable or already declining you saw politicians talk about you know, particular incidents of crime that that really worried the community. You saw uh, police... Sorry, you saw politicians working quite closely with the media, particularly tabloid media, to create a sense of fear in the community that crime was out of control. And then politicians would say... Oh wow, well, you're really worried about crime. Well, we've got the response for you. It's hiring more police officers. It's punishing people with with mandatory sentencing. And the community who were concerned by that level of crime, because it's what they were being told by their leaders, would then vote for those political parties. And it was pioneered by conservatives in the U.S. Then adopted by conservatives in Australia. But now it's a bipartisan issue. You know, you see both Labor and Coalition parties beat the law and order drum, as it's called. And it's been a really defining part of Australian politics, particularly at a state level since the mid 90s. And it's just, you know, every election you will see both parties offer tougher laws, you know, more resources for police, uh, you know, just as a way to, I guess, tap into that community concern.
3: Well, that's absolutely the thing. It is hard to have an adult conversation about these issues because there's politics involved. And as soon as a politician shows weakness on an issue like going soft on crime, they're pretty much dead in the water. But, look, uh, certainly a lot to talk about. Thank you very much. Uh, you uh, you can hear more of Osman's work on the 7am podcast. Osman, Osman, thank you so much for being on the Ben Robin Robbo show today. Thank
4: oh, you, thanks sir. so much, Ben Robin and Robbo. And it was great to chat about this with you guys. It's the random life shot of the day. Where are you going today? you never know where, you'll end up with the random life
3: shot of the day. And today we're taking you to Victoria Harbour in Hong Kong. It's a partly cloudy day today with a top of 31 degrees after a low of 26. I think we're really zoomed in there again, aren't we? Um... Let's take a look at some feedback coming through to the Ben, Robert and Robbo show today. As always, Rob, you are correct yet again. Thank you for giving us a voice. Oh, that just, how'd that oh, one get through? God. How'd that one get through? No idea. Did you pay her to say that? You pay her. You pay her. Okay, <laughs> Don't say that. Mary is your big fan, <laughs> Ben. She's always. I, 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 that's why I had to put that one in. Uh, Gay says, not wanting to watch SAS has nothing to do with Chappelle Corby. Jan says, I love oh. when you guys have a difference of opinion. They make me rethink my thoughts. Well, thank you, Jan, because that's what I want. We, we don't plan our conversations. They're just off the cuff. Sometimes we, we agree, sometimes we don't, but it's always interesting, <laughs> I'd like to think. Uh, next up, we've got Matthew. It's so refreshing to see respectful debate where differences of opinions aren't hung on to forever and a day. Justine says, Robbo, I 100% agree with you in regards to Corby. I think she shouldn't be able to make money after off committing a crime. She's not Justine. She's making money for appearing in a reality show
2: now. Uh, Regina says, I'm um, sorry, what? Matthew again. The, 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 she it's. You can't make a comment like that after we've all disagreed on it and expect to get away with it. So <laughs> she's making money off the fact that she is Chappelle Corby and the only reason we know the name Chappelle Corby is because she committed a crime. Back to well, it, Rob. All right.
3: All right. Uh, where are we up to? Matthew says, just keep oh. the dad from Hey Dad out of the Big Brother house and we'll all be okay. Oh, God. Uh, Reggie says, what? I've just... I've just tuned in to the boys arguing. That could have been any point today. Gay says it was trial by media and she was fed to... And, and what was fed to us by the Lindy police Chamberlain. at the time. Yes, Lindy Chamberlain. Thank you, Ben. Jamie says, Rob, you vowed not to attempt any accents going forward. Jamie, I made no such promise. Okay, the new way did not make any such promises. Can you stop flapping me away, Amanda? Every time make I do an stop. accident, she's like flapping Thank at God, me to Amanda's stop. Here. Uh, Reggie says, God, I love you, Robbo. Ryan says, lol, awkward silences. Jan says, Rob has the best laugh. Mary says, we love you, Ben. Thanks for sharing. Um, And uh, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Uh, There's been a lot of love for the three of us. Maybe people felt we needed the love today. Uh, (laughs) Especially Robbo. Uh, The world of TV is always a place filled with... (laughs) No, I'm I'm obviously completely wrong here, Robbo. I'm completely wrong. You aren't cranky at all. I can't remember which
2: oh which way this way.
3: Yes, give me a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The world of TV is always a place (laughs) filled with drama, tears, and intrigue, and that's what happened. Oh no, no, I'm going to do this again because I've put a bit of joke in here. Let's go again. You know the world of TV. We're not live. (laughs) And I'm going again. Yeah, go. And scene. The world of TV is always a place filled with drama, tears and intrigue. And that's just what happens behind the scenes. (laughs) So let's bring the man who... Thanks for your support. So let's bring the man who knows all the juicy gossip. Hello, Steve Malk. This bastard.
2: This bastard.
0: Oh, honestly, is this as good as it gets on the Ben, Rob and Robo show now? But I have not. Rob, hello, gentlemen. I just want to make sure. Robo, are you okay? I saw earlier on and those boys were ganging up on you. Something fixed. Thank you.
2: No, no, thank you, Malk. I appreciate that. We, you know, we've all got opinions and we're all allowed to uh, give them when we're allowed to by the other two. But I appreciate that, Malk. How are you, buddy? How are you going?
0: Look, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Hang on, I says
3: the man. Asking. Says the man who gets asked a question and say, "Well, that wasn't the question in the script."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. We've moved on. No, no, no. We've Robo. moved on.
3: I oh, know you hey. missed it, Bob. Oh, 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 my God.
0: I... There are more revelations about the future of Studio Ten. Gosh, look, there sure are, Rob. And in wake, the wake of 10's massive redundancy culling that uh, was announced at the end of last week, including a number of staff stars that we're seeing on the screen right now leaving studio 10 the latest uh, rumbles coming through the media diary and even in fact uh, on tv this morning is that studio 10 will become a two-hander with sarah harris and a gentleman as the the oh. essentially the two hosts in that regard there will still be guest hosts and people that come in as far as you know to add color and story and the rest of it but that at the center of it it will be effectively a clone of today or the morning show
3: Yeah, and, um, you know, as I I did that report, I'm pretty sure... uh, I don't have the actual intel, but I would have to think Andrew Rochford is the most likely person to take that role. He's liked by the executives at 10. He's not controversial. Mm -hmm. The whole thing at 10 at the moment is they don't want to they don't want a backlash from comp- uh, from groups like sleeping um giants and they yes. don't want advertiser boycotts and they don't want controversy so um there there won't be the dynamic conversations we have on this show let me tell you
1: that's Gosh. for sure
0: no well, there well, will not be.
1: i have a question for you and that is i heard a rumor so lisa wilkinson apparently she's writing a tell all book and it's uh is it is it true that she's going to drop some you know some bombshells about Karl Stefanovic?
0: Well, this is the word Ben uh, out of the Australia's uh, the Australian's media diary this morning, suggesting that Lisa has written a book about her exit from Nine about the uh, the negotiations that led to her leaving, and I'm sure in the background we're a part of the. Uh, the move over to 10. I can guarantee you there won't be any dirt spilled on what's going on inside 10's headquarters, uh, but absolutely there will be uh, some tea spilled over 9 and possibly even conversation around her relationship with Carl Stefanovic. Uh, she has mentioned that the, uh, the stars haven't aligned for her and Carl to catch up since she left today. Uh, I wonder what it takes for those stars to align. They were work colleagues, they obviously weren't friends. <laughs>
2: Very clearly. Mm. Uh, You can take this show as an example there, Malk. Malk, moving on really quickly, um, if we could talk about our streaming partner, Tika, Uh, they're celebrating a massive milestone today. What can you tell us?
0: Yes, a huge milestone. Congratulations to Aaron Young and the entire team. It took a one year, 12 months old. It's a a bouncing baby boy at best. Uh, And Mm -hmm. and look, as a part of that, they are rebranding. A great new promo has come out. That's definitely worth checking out. Uh, And it really is starting to shape up with what Aaron and the team are delivering for Ticker, showing that there can be real, not only diversity in the kind of content that we see, but diversity in the hosts and in uh, the kind of segments that we see across the day. It's dedication to news is really starting to show in the current uh, reworking. And I think that's such a great move for Ticker. Um, Congratulations to the entire team. Of course, the home of the Ben Robin Robo Show.
2: Yes, but it's and so, a great thing, and we, we're very happy and, and, and send our congratulations to everyone, especially our Benny here who does uh, the ticket jumpstart. Aaron Young is mm-hmm. amazing, they're all fantastic, so congratulations from us. Rob, sorry.
3: No, that, and that happens Wednesday, I believe,
1: <laughs> is the actual one
3: year anniversary, isn't yeah. it, uh, Benny Boy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I get a little prize as well. Apparently, at some stage, you'll be able to pop into the office and there's a little gift bag for me. So I'll get back to you on what's in the gift bag. Hopefully, it's not a redundancy. Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> uh, but
2: wait, wait, wait. So you're getting a gift bag. I mean, I know you work there, but uh, we've certainly supported that that network a fair bit. Are we getting a gift bag? Good question, Robert, because last special... time Aaron
0: showed
3: champagne, it certainly didn't arrive. I
0: can guarantee oh. you there's a special gift bag for contributors such as you guys uh, on the Ben, Rob and Robbo show that include uh, an empty can of Coke uh, and a half-eaten cake <laughs> and a <chick. laughs> I'll take it.
2: I'll oh. take it again
0: now. Well, Malk, thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you
3: again next week. Thank you very much <laughs> for that.
0: Thanks, Bobby. I look look forward to this and all the conversations that will come on the TV Black Box podcast this week. (laughs) Which we are recording tonight
3: and will be in your podcast feed tonight slash tomorrow morning. So thank you, Mark. We look forward to your commentary there. Okay. All right. Now it's time to find out what's happening in the world of entertainment. And for that, there's only one man who could possibly bring it to us. Benjamin J Norris. Delta's latest single, Paralysed, has made
1: headlines over the weekend... Tell me, tell me why. Well, yeah, shockingly, Delta Goodrum has opened up about the terrifying secret health battle that she had, which left her unable to speak following complications from a surgery. The 35 year old singer shared the story on Instagram on Sunday explaining that the issues had arisen when she had her salivary gland removed at uh, St Vincent's Hospital in Sydney two years ago. Goodrum explained that she woke up from the surgery to discover a paralysis of a nerve in her tongue which apparently led her, to, which made her unable to speak, which you can imagine would be so hard to deal with, especially when you're a singer. But uh, look, in a confronting video that was uploaded onto social media and dated October, 2018, the voice star can be seen struggling to communicate while hooked up to tubes in a hospital. Check it out. I don't want to go out.
3: I'm super embarrassed. I'm just over it, over it. There's- trying to stay positive,
1: my livelihood is my sound. Well, she's now explained mm. to her fans that she'd been kept, well, she kept this health battle private for so long and hasn't really been ready to share it. However, it's all now been laid bare and in a newly released song, Paralyse, which was inspired by that difficult period, I'll tell you. Uh, It's brave for Delta Goodrum to be able to share that. You can think of lots of very famous singers who lost the ability to sing like Julie Andrews and even Olivia Newton-John suffered some cancer, which was a huge problem for her singing career. So, look, Delta Goodrum, uh, I think it was a brave move for her to be able to share that. And the song Paralysed is quite good. It's amazing.
2: Nicely said, Ben. I totally agree with him. We send our thoughts to uh, Delta. We love her. Uh, tell me The Crown, one of my favourite shows on television. It's gearing up to enter its next phase of production. Who is going to be on the screens?
1: Yeah, thanks, Robbo. Look, The Crown has found their Princess Diana. Look, there'd been lots of talks about Princess Diana being the subject of the next couple of series. Now, Elizabeth Debicki, oh, yeah. who will be seen in the next Christopher Nolan seri- uh, t- sorry, movie, Tenant, has been cast as the late famous royal in the fifth and sixth season of The Crown now Debeki has work has her work cut out obviously trying to recapture the role of princess diana you know trying to recapture her spirit would be very difficult you know guys navy watts tried to do this a couple of years back and failed that's dismally true, yeah. so mm. you think about you think about the way in which we around the world think we have an ownership over Diana So it'll be very interesting to see how she goes But look to Becky is uh, one of the few non-English actors featured in the series following you know the success of John Lithgow Playing the role of Winston Churchill It'll be interesting to see whether she can pull it off Now as I mentioned before she will be now seen in the next Christopher Nolan film which is a feature film called Tenant Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what people think of her as an actress, because we really don't necessarily call her a household name at this stage. No,
3: but she's one of those actresses that is known within Hollywood and is starting to take off, obviously. But uh, speaking about the US, there's big baby news last week for John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, and there's a bit of a twist, Ben
1: yeah that's right Chrissy Teigen has been very candid about getting her breast implants removed and now she's opening up about one big surprise and that is that she apparently was pregnant during the surgery so Chrissy Teigen went on to say that things had been incredibly hard to deal with lately and you can imagine uh, when she found out that she was pregnant after such a harrowing piece of surgery but look Chrissy Teigen definitely one who is willing to share her stories on her social media you know so as we saw over the weekend she was very to open up and, uh, and share that particular story.
3: Yeah, that, that was yeah. fascinating, the way she, um, you know, had surgery without even knowing she was pregnant. You know, like, crazy, crazy stuff, and would be yeah. a worry because of the anaesthetic and all that kind of stuff. Uh, certainly not a choice she would make if she had known. Uh, guys, can we go back just a moment to the um, Studio 10 thing? Because chemistry is a big thing in television, and 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 uh, people, you know, the, the people who are on these shows is a big thing. Um, what do we think of the idea, if if my ma- money is right, and Andrew Rochford does take over as co-host of Studio 10? Uh, Robo, what do you think?
2: Uh, look, I, this is tough because we're really close to it, aren't we? Mm. And I, I, I think I speak for you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, we still have such an an affection, you know, for that show and, and for a lot of the people on it. Um, Andrew Rochford, though, if we're giving our opinions, I think is as bland as a bowl of white rice that hasn't even been cooked yet. I I don't know that he would add uh, anything. I think that he's no match for Sarah Harris. Sarah Harris is a wonderful, brilliant talent. Um, He takes himself too seriously. There's always rumblings behind the scenes that uh, he's not very easy to work with, that he uh, wants to take charge and things like that. Um, I I just think this is a a poor choice. Once again, I'm just going to go out there and say it. Uh, Casting decisions at Channel 10 don't always reflect what the audience wants, but it appears to be what Level 6 wants, which doesn't always connect. Um, I just don't think that Rochford is right for that show. I I think it's very sad as well that they're becoming a carbon copy of today and uh, today extra rather in the morning show because Studio 10 always had that difference, which was uh, attractive. But Rob, I'm gonna put the same question back to you. The casting of Andrew Rochford, come on.
3: Well, I just think it's a different show if they do that. Um, it, and, and no, no, they talk haven't, about Andrew they Rochford, haven't, though. They haven't, said, they haven't said they are doing Andrew Rochford. That's me saying he's the front runner because um, I've just... All my knowledge and putting all the pieces together, I'm the one who came up sure. with the name Andrew Rochford. Once it was confirmed, I'd been hearing the rumours that they're going to go to a two co-host, male-female and um basically, but your thoughts
2: on the man yeah I don't your think thoughts uh, on the man I, I,
3: I am getting there um I don't think he's the right choice I about I think he's the right choice for 10 in what they want to do with the show if they are genuinely worried about backlash over controversial comments it's why they're paying Kerri-Ann Kennelly's wage out they're not actually going to she's still got a lot of time left on her contract and they're actually paying her out oh. and she's surprised <clears throat> that she's not serving it out you but know what?
2: Yeah, why wouldn't you let her do it? Like, why? Because, would, like, I, I know she's what you're saying with the show. I, sorry, I know that. I understand that. Um, it's just, it's crazy, isn't it? Like,
4: yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the show. If if
2: if, if 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 money's an issue, and you have still got to pay her, then, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but some things it, are it, editorial
3: funny. decisions. And Ben, um, the the fact is that maybe there is a market if you reduce all the costs and you do a simplified version. You've got to look at what we used to do with Studio Ten. It was a variety show in the morning. And it did make money. I want to put that on the record. It It absolutely did make money and it rated. But they haven't been able to find that magic formula since those heady
1: times. They do have to do something different. Maybe it's just a safe bet. Well, look, unfortunately for Studio 10 and maybe because I'm outside of it, I can make this comment and I'm not saying this with any ties to the two of you, but as far as it came down to with Studio 10, it just felt like, you know, they tried to add things to it to make it better without actually necessarily understanding the reasons why that show was put together in the first place. It sort of did lose its way. Carey ann Kennelly, I think, is a great talent and she's great at having debates, but in a time like this, I think she really polarised that particular audience and people left that show. I think if they wanted to get back to basics and offer some form of entertainment, they needed to go down that path. But instead, I think they lost their way. And now we're in a situation where they're going to play it very safe and they're going to do something that the other networks are doing. And hopefully, without having any controversy, they can dip in and take some of that advertising money away from them. Do I think that's going to work? I think all you're going to really do with morning shows looking the way that they are is just splice that piece of pie and hand out... You know, the fractions that basically all of them are going to get. Well, this is why people need
3: to watch the Ben, Robin, Robo show because we are authentic. We will have a joust and we'll still be friends at the end of, the end of it because, Robbo, I do love you, <laughs> even though you have been a massive pain in the
1: bum today. I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> Come on. It's hey, true. You know, if it wasn't a pain. If he, look, put it this way if Robbo wasn't here, I would say the show wouldn't feel the same way. And that is because he is Definitely. a pain in the bum, but he's, Our pain in the bum. (laughs) (laughs) Robbo, when
2: you look back at the tape. No, 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 no. What I'm going to do, I'm going to do professional Robbo tomorrow, and I'm going to agree with everything you both say. That's not what we're asking. That's not what
3: we're asking. You can't, oh my God. Anyway, uh, before we go off, (laughs) um, I want to address some things coming through on the feedback. Amanda, can you bring up the feedback? Uh, Jan asks no news and weather update today. No. Tika are now doing a thing where they're having news on the hour every hour. And as part of that, the update has moved to before the show. It didn't make sense for us to have a news update at 1 o'clock and then again at 1.20. So... um You get your news up. If you're watching through the Ticker apps or the Ticker YouTube page, you will see your news update there and we'll give you the rest of the news through our Hot Topics. So that is a slight change to the format. Um, Amanda's asking, where does that leave Angela Bishop? Ten have told me and confirmed with me Angela Bishop will still have a place on the show. Um, Gay says, the, the original Formula in Studio 10 was amazing. It got lost somewhere along the way. Yeah, Uh, Reggie says Studio 10 needs me on it. Couldn't agree more. Um, (laughs) uh, any, any news on Joe Hildebrand's future at Studio 10? Uh, basically, Jan, it's, um, it it will either be as a part-time contributor or he will make the choice to walk away. Um, so, but he, he won't be there on a full-time basis is what we heard. um, So basically that's that's a bit of the feedback coming through. But you know what? It's time to cross over to those good people at Ticker. So we will see you tomorrow on the Ben Robin Robber show. See you then. Thanks boys.
1: Bye It's a Ben Robin Robo Ben Rob and Rob Robin Robo Show.